Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Ladies and gentlemen, it's become crystal clear to me looking at these proposed police reforms by the Democrats that, as they typically do, they've thought through none of this. None of this. They're in this for talking points, sound bites, and political advantage. I'm going to go into that. I'm going to debunk some myths about the cops that are being propagated again to inflame people. I hope to get to some of the Spygate update as well. Why the FBI is hiding this critical witness? Are they hiding? I don't. I don't understand what's going on. Don't we want to get to the truth here? Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. Protect your online data today. Get a VPN now. Go to expressvpn.com/bongino today. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show, producer Joe. How are you today? Hey man, I'm ready to go. Just like. Every other day, I'm too big. My head's too big for the, the box. <laughs> is it? It's not fitting? Yeah, we had to, you have to use your fancy Zoom. Joe knows what head. I mean. Yeah. Joe's fancy Zoom is physically <laughs> moving the camera out. That's his fa- Listen, That's we keep the I'm production doing. costs low here. So we, we try way, to keep brother. expenses low. <laughs> By the way, I've got a big update on what may happen tomorrow. I'm just holding back a minute because I want to be sure it actually happens. Okay. All right, let's get to it. Today's show right. is brought to you by our friends at Freedom Project Academy. Do you know that over 40% of American families are considering homeschooling this fall? During the COVID-19 lockdown, many parents re-engaged with their children's education only to discover how far behind they were in reading, math, and science. According to the nation's report card, reading and math proficiencies declined steadily over the last 10 years. Freedom Project Academy is here to help your child get back on track with a live, interactive, online, educational experience with students from across the country. From the comfort, convenience, and safety of your home, children can receive an accredited classical online education built on Judeo-Christian values for students K all the way through 12. Here they teach students how to think, not what to think. Go to freedomforschool.com. That's freedom, F-O-R school, freedomforceschool.com and request your free information packet. Do it today, open enrollment and soon. So please reserve your place today. It's a great opportunity to enhance your child's education, keep them safe at the same time. Again, that's freedomforceschool.com, freedomforschool.com, freedomforschool.com. Go check them out today. All right, Joe, let's go. It is. All right, busy news day today. So The Democrats, of course, never let a crisis go to waste. We all know that the infamous Rahm Emanuel expression, whenever they see a crisis, they want to move the needle. Um, And typically their policies are reactionary. They're reactionary. They're focus group tested. They're not meant to actually solve a problem. They're just meant to create new problems, to smother over the old problems, create new problems, but to make make it look like they're doing something which will leverage political advantage for them in an upcoming election and increase their power base. That's all this is about. They never think this thing through. You know, the great Thomas Sowell, that offer that author, excuse me, he's written some of the most transformative books I've ever read. I mean, will literally transform your life. Thomas Sowell brings up the point often that one of the hallmarks of, of, of liberals and, and cultural Hollywood elitists and others is they, they never engage in any second order thinking. Everything is a first order response without ever saying, okay, and then what? Okay, we do that. And then what happens? Mm -hmm. Here's what I mean. Interesting article up in the show notes. Check this article out, bongino.com slash newsletter. If you want to get these articles every day delivered to your email box, the newsletter are the show notes. Uh, Police mag. Democrats in Congress proposed national police reform bill bans chokeholds and no-knock warrants. So everybody reads that and you would think, chokeholds, oh my gosh, we can't have that. No knock warrant. You mean they're not knocking? They're just breaking into people's houses randomly? Folks, again, I'm here to tell you the truth. You know, Tucker Carlson gave a really 
unbelievable monologue last night on Fox News. It was about 23 minutes long. I know because I was on Hannity next and I was trying to time out the commercial so I could get my room changed and get upstairs to my studio. And I couldn't get away from it. And he brought up this point, which is, uh, which is a fascinating one. Ladies and gentlemen, the pressure to lie, the pressure to lie and fold and propagate and advance talking points that are not truthful, that are based on myths, lies, and talking points leveraged for political advantage is overwhelming. We have got to tell the truth. No matter what. He's absolutely right. This is a national crisis. There's no doubt about that anymore. But in the end, in the end, even if it all goes down, we have to be able to look at ourselves and say, listen, when it came to this crisis, we were on the right side of right, not the wrong side of right. Now, I know the, of course, the feedback to this will be overwhelming, but that's okay. First, on banning no-knock warrants. Ladies and gentlemen, do you know what a no-knock warrant is? And do you know why police officers and federal agents use them? They're not used often, but they are used. A no-knock warrant, so you understand what the liberals won't tell you. Because they just want you to believe that the police are randomly knocking down people's doors, like Antifa or some of these rioters, and just ripping people out of their homes for no reason, scaring them to death. That's not why they have a no-knock warrant. A no-knock warrant is issued in the limited scenario. They're, They're not that frequent. Where the person you're arresting is a known violent felon. You're arresting or you're searching their home, hotel room, wherever they may be. They are behind a door. Hotel, apartment, condo, co-op, rental, basement, room, whatever it may be, you have a search warrant to go in and arrest that person who has a known history of violence. It's not a guess. The person behind that door has a criminal record of violence on others, violence on police officers, criminal possession of weaponry, whatever it may be. It's not guesswork. You have to actually produce evidence the person could be violent. It's not simply, I think he's going to be violent because he watched too many cartoons growing up. It's actual evidence, something liberals are uh, very rarely ever produce. You go in front of a judge, you say, Judge, I think in a case of this search warrant, if we were to what they call knock and announce, which is a prerequisite for many search warrants outside of no knocks, knock police, police, police with a search warrant. That's how typically search warrants work. Nobody wants to kick in a door if they don't have to, for obvious reasons. You don't want to create an unnecessarily hostile situation if you don't need to. Secondly, you don't want to have to secure the door later. That's just the reality of police work. I've been there. I've been on both types. Sometimes no-knock warrants. Sometimes you catch the guy outside in the parking lot. You don't even need to hit the door. On a no-knock warrant, where you do not have to knock and announce, police, police with a search warrant, you would do that because the subject behind the door, again, has a known history of violence. Now, I'm just asking you to be rational and reasonable, despite the fact that the left will watch this, these lunatics with zero experience in law enforcement, zero experience in anything in life, for that matter. Most of them have never had a real job. That's why they're fake news journalists, because they can't do anything else and actually add value to society. They'll criticize and say, oh, my gosh, no, knock more. That unbelievable. You got it. You're going to rip in the door, rip someone out of the house. You're the ones creating the problem. Ladies and gentlemen, that's not what happens. It happens because the subject has an absolute known history of violence and somebody could get killed. 
if you were to knock and announce you're the police there with a search warrant, the chances of a shotgun round or a round coming through your door if it's an armed subject and killing one of those or maiming one of those police officers is high. That's why they have a no-knock warrant. This is one of the dumbest proposals I have ever seen. Sadly, Harking back to what I mentioned about Tucker Carlson's monologue before, which was excellent. Sadly, some Republicans I've heard come out, I've heard them come out before, who have no experience in law enforcement or limited experience at best and have never been on a no-knock warrant looking at a criminal CV, uh, criminal assault, assault three, attempted homicide, manslaughter, criminal possession of a weapon. Uh, yeah, you think we should knock and tell them we're coming in? Probably not a good idea. And many Republicans, sadly, are promoting this nonsense. This is an absurdity. The overwhelming majority of search warrants are not no-knock warrants. They're knock-and-announce warrants, which is the right thing to do if you can't prove in court on a legal standard that there's evidence that violence may ensue if you knock-and-announce. Again, I know this doesn't matter to the left. I understand that's a talking point for them. I know they're just going to make you believe that no knock means police are randomly hitting doors throughout the neighborhood and running in and ripping people out of their homes. That's not exactly what's happening. That's not even remotely what's happening. They're just making this up. We're going to do the truth here. No matter how painful and no matter how bad the crisis gets. If a crisis gets bad, it doesn't make the truth the not truth. And it doesn't make a lie true. Secondly, the banning of chokeholds, and I'm using air quotes here on chokeholds because they're talking about two separate things. They're talking about a choke and a carotid restraint, which are not the same thing, folks. Most police departments already have a ban on chokeholds, which are very dangerous and should not be used in most circumstances. A chokehold. Let's be clear about what's actually happening here, what we're actually talking about, to not confuse and put a fog over the situation to gain political advantage. Let's give people the facts. A chokehold would be an airway restraint that is very dangerous. Obviously, ladies and gentlemen, if you're choking on a gumball, a hot dog, or a bone from a piece of food that slipped down your throat, you can die quickly. Not a mystery. You can also die quickly if pressure is put on your windpipe, which stops you from breathing, suppressing the oxygen flow to your brain. It can kill you. It can not only kill you if you are lucky enough to survive an extended chokehold, it can cause brain damage because of the loss of airflow. They are very dangerous. There is no question about that. And we should severely restrict those because it's deadly force when it comes to policing. But again, the term chokehold has been used just like no-knock warrants to make you believe that everybody's having their door bashed in by the police department. They're not even knocking anymore. No, no, that's a subset of warrants for violent felons. Oh, they didn't tell me that. Of course they didn't tell you that. What they're not telling you is the carotid restraint which looks like a chokehold because of the arm around the neck or even legs. If it's a, in, if any, for any of those that have done any kind of ground fighting, you can actually uh, engage in a karate restraint with your legs too. That's what a triangle choke is. You can, you can uh, YouTube to see how it's implemented in jujitsu. Don't try it at home, please. I'm not kidding. It's very dangerous. Don't try. I'm not even kidding. This is not one of those like fake warnings. Unless you're trained and you're into some kind of jujitsu school with the supervision of someone, do not mess around with this stuff. 
Having said that, the carotid restraint is not a chokehold. It is a blood flow restraint. Oh my gosh, that sounds terrible. Ladies and gentlemen, of course it sounds terrible. It's only implemented typically in a life or death scenario. I have an article up in the show notes again today, the Washington Examiner. Bill Barr came out yesterday, the attorney general. And again, he's he he kind of, I'm not, I don't want to say messed up, but he's allowing them to use the terminology chokehold on a carotid restraint. It's not a choke. It looks like a choke because when you implement it, it does involve an arm around a neck, but the arm is not around the windpipe. This is not a tutorial in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, ladies and gentlemen. It's meant to show you how the left is conflating two separate things because chokehold sounds really bad because it is. The carotid restraint implemented can be dangerous, especially when combined, combined with positional asphyxia. You have someone face down like Mr. Floyd was, can be very dangerous. But the carotid restraint where the crook of the elbow is on the windpipe, why? Because the crook creates space for you to get air in. The forearm and the bicep restrain the carotid arteries, which does what? Restricts blood flow to the brain, which does what? In the infinitesimally small portion of cases where something, this is a safe maneuver. I know you don't want to hear that, but I'm giving you the facts. It's not a choke. Chokeholds are very dangerous. If implemented with a baton, you could kill someone quickly. A carotid restraint issued by someone who is a train. They have to be trained. If you're not going to train, don't even touch this stuff. Don't even go. You will hurt someone. You will be sued and you will be held liable. When done by someone strained to do it in a deadly force scenario, as Barr indicated, Barr said, I don't believe in the use of chokeholds, basically. Um, I think we should restrict them unless it's a deadly force scenario. The carotid restraint is different. It is a very effective way of stopping someone trying to kill you from actually killing you if you're on the street. And restricting its use while simultaneously allowing the use of a firearm or a baton is insane. Think about this. If the carotid restraint, again, which to the untrained viewer and people not knowledgeable about it, looks like a choke. It is not. To them, I, I understand how the appearance fright, frightens them. And it should, listen, a police use of force is a very serious thing. They have the ability to take your life, your property, and your freedom. I was a police officer, but I'm not against oversight at all. I don't think any good cop is. But ladies and gentlemen, that you can engage in a carotid restraint or can't now as because they want to conflate it with a chokehold, which it isn't. To say you can do that, or excuse me, you can't do that, but you can shoot someone and then hit them with your baton is insane. If the carotid restraint had a high likelihood of death, think about this. There would not be a mixed martial arts, judo or jujitsu school open anywhere in the United States. Folks, I am not kidding. To anyone actually trained and knowledgeable, if you're interested in expanding your mind, liberals, that's not you. You can tune out now. I get it. You heard show called. You've already committed to your position despite you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, shoot them or hit them with the batons instead of engaging in an effective restraint that can render someone unconscious for just a second so they stop and you can restrain them. No, no, let's shoot them instead is your answer because you don't know anything. If the carotid restraint was deadly, then please answer me this. It's a serious question. There are what? 
20, 30,000 Brazilian jiu-jitsu schools across the United States, hundreds of thousands around the world? Why isn't there an epidemic of deaths in these schools? Oh, Dan, that's a stupid question. It is? Are you sure? Because I have, the carotid restraint's been applied on me in a jiu-jitsu school four or five times in an hour where I've been what they call choked out. That's a jiu-jitsu term, not a legal term. You know what happens? You get woozy for a second and you get back up. In some rare cases, sometimes they'll put a guy on his back if he's been uh, carotid restrained for a long time and they just shake his legs and he gets right up and goes and grapples again. Why isn't there an epidemic of deaths? It's a credible question if you're interested in expanding your mind. If this carotid restraint is used in mixed martial arts schools hundreds of times a day in tens of thousands of schools across the United States, then why aren't people dying left and right? Matter of fact, why aren't they leaving the training school right after? Oh my gosh, I can. Because it's not dangerous in the overwhelming majority of situations. But they don't want to tell you that. They want to leverage this to restrain the cops in the street, even when deadly force is being utilized on them. Now, to be clear, what I am not recommending is this as a first, second, or third option. But this restraint, if dead, if deadly force, if deadly force, let me say this three times for the liberals listening. If deadly force is being used on you, this restraint is a valuable tool from preventing the subject attacking you from being permanently injured by a firearm round or a baton to his body where you can break things permanently. If it's deadly, why aren't people dying across the United States? If, matter of fact, if you can, I'm open to it. I'm at D Bongino on Twitter and Parler. If you want to parlay me or tweet me a story in the last year of someone in a mixed martial arts school dying from a carotid restraint, I, I'd love to say, I haven't seen any of it. Not, not, not one. So you're limiting the police officer's ability to save their lives. Because why? You want them to use their firearm or baton or taser instead, which can, which can potentially result in long-term injury? All right, let me get to my, because I got, I got one more on police unions too. That's another quick talking point. People don't know what they're talking about. Ah, oh, police unions. We got to ban them. Have you thought this through either? I'll give you the inside baseball. All right, today's show also brought to you by our friends at ETS, Elite Tactical Systems. Uh, ETS been a longtime sponsor of our show, ladies and gentlemen. For new firearm owners and enthusiasts, I've got a great gift idea for Father's Day. When it comes to training or personal defense, you know magazines are just as important as the firearm and ammo you carry. You know how difficult it can be to find durable, reliable, lightweight magazines that function and don't break. That's why I want to tell you about my friends over at ETS. For the past five years, ETS has manufactured the toughest polymer magazines that are impact resistant. They won't crack or break when exposed to harsh environments, chemicals, or extreme cold. Look at these. These things are robust. They work. They function. They're transparent. You can see through. So you know how many rounds you'll have left uh, when you're practicing out there on the range. Also, if you're out there, God forbid, in a tactical situation, ETS magazines come with a lifetime warranty. As you can see, you can link them together. 
They come with a lifetime warranty. They're available right now for Glock pistols, Smith & Wesson MP5 Shield, Sig P320, uh, the H&K VP9, the MP5, as well as the AR-15. These are two AR-15 magazines I have here, which they were kind enough to send to me. These things are durable and reliable for every situation. The cold, the heat, drop them over and over and over again. These things are robust. They will get you through the day. They are the best magazines out there. Go to ETSMags.com. That's ETSMags.com. While you're there, check out the fastest speed loaders ever. Look at them. They work lickety-split. Here you go. Bang, zoom, put the top on, push them down. Rounds go right in. You know, no thumbs, no busted up thumbs. ETS loaders don't just save you time. They save your thumbs too. That's ETSMags.com. Use promo code Dan. Get an astonishing 15% off your entire order. ETSMags.com. Use promo code Dan. 15% off your entire order. Go pick them up today. These are some of the best in the business. Check them out. All right. So again, I, I, I know the talking points are out there and I know people want to leverage this and want to engage your emotions to say, oh, my God, no-knock warrants, choke holes, we got to get rid of all that stuff. Uh, here I'm here to tell you the truth, that there are consequences to all of this. And if you vote for, and if you vote for no-knock warrants being abolished, you are going to get police officers killed. If you vote to restrict carotid restraints across the board, even in life or death scenarios, someone's going to get hurt out there. Someone's going to get killed. And likely, you may say, what, the police? No, I'm talking about the subjects too, as they have to engage with their firearms or batons because they don't have hand weapons, hand-to-hand control tactics weapons available too. The last one, police unions. Folks, listen, I get it. I understand. And I'm not saying, I was a member of the PBA, the Patrolman's Benevolent Association for a long time. I'm not saying we're always right or we're always right. I'm not a member anymore on every single issue. I'm not. But I'm here to tell you that if you want to ban police unions, that you have to understand the other side of this as well. Now, the reason which I've heard from commentators, some who I'm sorry, just don't have, have never been a member of a police union, either have never been in uniform law enforcement or are just parroting the talking point of the day to sound informed about an issue they're not. The talking point is, well, police unions protect bad cops. And let me be crystal clear, that shouldn't happen. That has to change. And I think we all, current and former law enforcement, have to get behind that. Folks, we know who the bad cops are. I'm not saying every police union does it. I'm not saying every police officer does it. I don't stereotype like the left does to us. But we know what happens, and it has happened, and it shouldn't anymore. 90-plus percent of cops are good or spectacular officers who are there. They're patriots, their fathers, their mothers, their brothers and sisters, their sons and daughters, too. They're out there to do a job. That job matters to them. They found a calling to public service for a reason. And let me tell you something. They certainly ain't doing it for the money. They love what they do. And they typically respect most of the people that they, uh, that they that are involved in the patrols in their community. There are some bad apples out there. We all know them. We all had that guy in our precinct, our sheriff's office or whatever it was, you know, where the scene's all calm. You had a bit of a ruckus, whatever, a street fight, a robbery, it's been some chaos, that fog of war, it calms down. You've either got someone in handcuffs or the situation's calm and everybody has that one guy in the precinct and he shows up and he's got to come out. You know, you know what I'm saying. He's fired up, ready to go, and everything goes crazy again. We've all had him. There's no more time for that. And we have to be open to some reforms ourselves. But ladies and gentlemen, I don't believe abolishing police unions are the answer. Have you thought about the other side of this? That police unions protect you too? Of course you haven't if you're a liberal because that's an inconvenient talking point. Banish police unions. Yeah! What does that mean in the long run? Who knows? I just want to scream, yeah, because it sounds good. (laughs) 
Just like banning the carotid restraint. Folks, my experience with police unions was far different. They did a lot of good things too. There was a time in the NYPD, I regret to tell you, where they had a quota system. They'll swear it didn't happen. It happened. I was there, folks. You would come in and it would be assumed that every month you would write a certain amount of parking tickets, a certain amount of C summonses, criminal summonses, drinking in public, public urination, disorderly conduct, whatever it may be. I'm not even sure if that's a C summons, but a criminal summons. And you would have to write a certain amount of movers, moving violations, red light tickets, speeding, et cetera. Did anyone ever tell you that was the quota? No, they didn't tell you, but if you didn't meet the quota, dreaded air quotes, you might get a bad performance evaluation. Might. Which meant you would get a bad performance evaluation. (laughs) Now, Joe. Yes. The precinct I was in, in the 7-5 precinct in East New York, Brooklyn, was so busy. It was a high crime area, sadly, but it was. Mm. It was starting to calm down a little bit when I was there. Here, it's changed a lot. But when I was there, it was known as one of the roughest precincts in New York City. It was so busy with criminal activity, our quotas were very low. I'm not, I don't, I think it was three C summonses a month. Again, quotas. No one told you this, you just knew it. Three C summonses, I think it was like one mover and 10 parking tickets a month, which is not a lot. And honestly, if you're doing your job even a little bit, you'll probably hit. I know other precincts in Manhattan where the quotas were outrageous. 30, 40 parkers sometimes Whoa. a day or something like that. Oh. Yeah, oh no, I'm not kidding. It was off the charts. Whoa. Movers, everything. There was a quota. What does that have to do with police unions? Ladies and gentlemen, the quota was about harassing you. Not me. I write a parking ticket because I have to meet a quota. And you run out and go, officer, I'm really sorry. I just I double parked for a minute. I was getting my kid from school. Now do you understand why policing for profit leads to so many hostile situations? Think about what I just said. You're a dad or a mom. You run in for a second to pick up your daughter from school, whatever. You're late. You're running late. You have to get them. You got to get home. You got to get them to a doctor. You've done nothing. Did you technically double park and violate the law? Folks, listen. Everybody technically rips a mattress cover off once too. The law is about discretion as much as it about enforcement. Can we all agree? If we can't, again, find a new show. This isn't for you. No, we should enforce every law all the time, no matter what. Yeah, okay, sure. Get the mattress tag rippers out there. They're the real problem. That's what led to the prosecution of uh, uh, Mike Flynn and others. That kind of stupidity. Discretion. Ladies rushing to the hospital speeding with her husband because she's about to give birth. You probably don't want to give them a ticket if they're doing 56 and a 55. You get it? They, they broke the law. When you police for profit, and you make people issue tickets and summonses, you create a divide in the community you can't repair. Officer, you're giving me a ticket for picking up my kid. Why do you think he's doing it? Well, listen, to be fair, some of them are doing it because they're bad actors. I just told you there are, unfortunately, a small portion of bad actors in policing. The overwhelming majority, sadly, are doing it because they're under pressure from their, I'm not saying it's right, from their bosses to meet a quota. You ever notice how at the end of the month, all of a sudden tickets start appearing? Oh, yeah. Never thought of that. You should. All of a sudden, at the end of the month, everybody's getting a moving violation. How'd that happen? The end of a shift. If you had to produce eight movers per shift, everybody gets uh, locked up. Everybody gets a moving violation. That's not how policing's supposed to work. We're not policing for money. The unions fought that. The police unions. 
Again, I'm not saying they've done everything right. I'm simply asking you to expand your knowledge base in a time of crisis, not fall prey to focus points and a focus group tested talking points and lies and think bigger picture. If you think bigger picture and you still believe police unions are a net negative, that's fine. That's fine. I've done my job and given you both sides. If you've weighed them responsibly and said, I still don't think it's a good idea. They protect too many bad apples. That's your decision. I don't think it's a wise one, but I get that. But at least be informed. We got to get rid of police unions. They protect bad cops. Well, what else do they do? I don't know. I haven't thought about that. Of course you haven't. You don't know what you're talking about. It was the unions, the PBA in New York City that came out and said, we're not doing these damn quotas. And they still meet resistance because you're putting our cops in bad situations where they have to harass citizens of the community who no longer trust them over nonsense. A fire hydrant ticket in New York's like $72,000 now. I'm kidding, obviously. It's a lot. If you got, we haven't gotten one in a long time, but have you seen the parking tickets in New York? They're absurd. They used to be 25 bucks. All right, no big deal. Not great, but no big deal. Not now. Like $200 or something now. I mean, that's some people's entire income for a day. I know I went on a little bit about this, ladies and gentlemen, but it's important. I feel a responsibility here to give you the other side so you can weigh appropriate arguments. I lived it. I'm not saying I'm I'm the end-all, be-all and expertise on this. I worked for the NYPD for four years, two as a police officer, two as a, a recruit cadet in their program there. But I did live it. And it's a far different experience from people who haven't or commenting from the outside and just throwing jabs. Make informed decisions. All right, let me get to my third one. I got some video next. They're shockingly doubling down in Minneapolis. I can't believe it. After just being humiliated, the Minneapolis City Council for defunding the police, they're doubling down. They still have no answers at all, which is absurd. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, today's show also brought to you by my friends. uh, It's one of my favorite sponsors, Vincero. You always see me wearing the watches. Joe has one. Uh, Joe has the Altitude S. He has it, I believe, in green. Uh, Here's black. Here's my personal favorite brown with the blue face, black with the black face. You see me a lot on TV. Uh, These are the manliest watches on the market. They have women's watches too, which are incredibly feminine too. My wife has a couple of them. She absolutely loves them. Here's the watch you see me wear every single day. And it's a great, great Father's Day gift, ladies and gentlemen. They have a Father's Day sale now. My listeners already know how much I love Vincero watches. They they are the most incredible looking timepieces and watches at incredible price points. Seriously, these watches are stunning. I get more compliments about this watch than anything. I can show you the emails. What is that, a Rolex? No, I'm not wasting, but I want to watch that actually looks good. Uh, Watches that are stunning and they're well under $200. People compliment me all the time, also my wife. There's no better gift for a father, husband, grandfather, you name it, than giving them the gift of time with a Vincero watch. During this time, they continue to do right with it by their buyers. They know how important it is to shop from brands you can trust. Quality, good-looking watches. This I love this watch. This is, I, this is like my G.I. Joe watch here. Go check out their watches at VinceroWatches.com slash Bongino to get access to their sale. Vincero offers free shipping, 30-day returns, and guarantees your watch for two years. This is why they have over 21,000 five-star reviews because you won't find a better-made watch for this good of a price anywhere. It's the best value for the money guaranteed. They have 20% off everything on their website right now. None of their new items are off limits. They have brand new watch collections you need to see yourself online right now. Continue to support this brand during this time of crisis as they can show support for our show. Go to vincerowatches.com slash Bongino. That's V-I-N-C-E-R-O 
Vin CERO, VinceroWatches.com slash Bongino. This deal's too good to pass up. Don't pay full price on these beautiful timepieces. Take advantage of their sale. Get up to 20% off your entire order today. Again, this is my personal favorite. This is the altitude as blue face with the brown leather. You'll love it. The prices you can't beat. Stop overpaying for these other watches. It's ridiculous. These are beautiful. You get a lot of compliments on it. They scream manliness, especially the altitude. Chrono S is nice too. Another one I have. Okay. Um, so again, the Minneapolis City Council has voted to defund the police in an utter, complete absurdity. As I said yesterday, and I'll say again, make no mistake, this is going to get people killed. I'm not kidding. This is, again, not drama for effect. God forbid this is someone in your family. A community without police is a community in chaos. Have you thought this through? Now, yesterday, we discussed the higher order effects from no policing. The explosive growth of potential terror groups that'll just, set, why not set up base there? Why would you set up base in New York City if you could set up base in Minneapolis? I'd have not have to worry about the cops. The growth of gangs, the growth of organized crime. I discussed all this on yesterday's show. I don't need to hit it again. But as I said this morning, I was on Maria Bartiromo show on Fox Business News. I was on at 8.30. Um, I said to her, are we even considering the low-level crimes as well? If you own a store, what's to stop people from just stealing from your store? Well, they won't do it because they're all really good people. Um, listen, I'm very sorry you're living in the world as you want it to be and not as it is. But the sad reality, folks, is that there are a lot of people, percentage-wise, not a lot, but we have a big population. There are a lot of people that aren't good people, that don't have your best intentions in mind. Who's going to secure your store? Oh, we'll get security. What happens when they bum rush your store? Who's going to stop them? Serious question also. To Mothers Against Drunk, drunk Driving that has done tremendous work over the years and other drunk driving trying to curb drunk driving. What are you going to do? Who are you going to call? Who are you going to call when there's a car weaving across the road, multiple lanes of traffic? What are you going to do? You're going to call a social worker? Again, I'm not knocking social workers. What if he hits a kid? Have we thought about any of this? Who's going to pull him over? A social worker? And in, in what? In, in what? And what are they going to pull him over? In their, their Honda CRV? Put a little red light in a the window? They even have authority to do that? You have a subway system, a bus? What happens? People get on the bus. Ah, bus driver, I'm not paying. Who's a bus driver going to call? Again, who's he going to call? The Avengers? Who's he going to call? Have you thought any of this through? Your house is burglarized. There's someone in your backyard literally ripping at your screen. Happens all the time. Who, who are you going to call for that? Shockingly, after being questioned on this yesterday, as you can see, we played it on yesterday's show, clip of Lisa Bender from the Minneapolis City Council who's voting for this absurdity. This is a dangerous person. I'm not kidding. I don't mean physically dangerous to you. I mean enacting and supporting policies that will undoubtedly put your life in danger. I am not kidding. Lisa Bender from the Minneapolis City Council, I played some clips with her yesterday, Helmut Allison Camerata, who had absolutely no answers as to what plan B is going to be once you disband and defund the police, is now doubling down. She was on with Wolf Blitzer last night and has not backtracked from this absurdity one bit. Here's Lisa Bender doubling down. 
Uh, Elisa, you're pledging to dismantle the Minneapolis Police Department. What exactly does that mean? And why do you think uh, it's past the point of simple, simply engaging in some significant reforms? Yes, well, over the last two weeks, we've seen thousands of people in Minneapolis take to the streets and raise their voices for change, telling us that incremental reform has not worked to keep our community safe. We're also seeing major institutions like the University of Minnesota, our parks and schools, major businesses and arts institutions ending their relationship with our police department. So it is clear that we need to make major shifts, both in the short term and that our community is ready to reimagine public safety from the ground up, to think holistically, to make sure every single member of our community is safe. This is insanity. This is what we would call, when I was doing my master's degree in psychology, a word salad. She's just making it, she's throwing the buzzwords in there. Did you hear it, Joe? We're going to holistically reimagine oh, yes. public safety. What the hell does any of that mean? Liberals do this all the time. I don't want to, you're going to have to buzz it out, Joe, because I don't want to create edits for the show. Given the time crunch we're on today, it'll make <laughs> sense tomorrow, but. This is them bathing you in bull. You fill in the rest. Rhymes with spit. They're going to holistically reimagine public safety. Reimagine it. Oh, oh. yeah, they're reimagining it. Mm -hmm. But what they're imagining is, is it going to be a scene out of uh, Death Wish? Folks, I, I, I can't warn you again in strong enough terms. I'm humbly and i'm not kidding and with the greatest of respect to my sane liberal friends out there who watch this show please don't do this and if you do this please don't move and pull this stuff where i am you are gonna have to live with it i can't tell you what to do it's a free country i'm begging you please stay where you are and don't bring this to my neighborhood this defund the police please i have kids we respect our police over here and they respect us back. It's a symbiotic relationship, as it always should be. If you want to crap on your police because of a couple bad apples and defund them, it's the wrong thing to do, but don't bring that over here, please. You are going to create mass chaos, and I will leave it at this again. People will die. Not in the Bernie Sanders way. We used to play that funny sound by that We used to do that. Bernie said, if you don't Medicare, people will die. No, no, people will legitimately die. I know because when I was a police officer and we implemented effective broken window style policing where you didn't tolerate low level crime, I know black lives, Hispanic lives, white lives, Asian lives, female lives, male lives, child lives, teenage lives, all lives were saved and all lives mattered. I know that because as I said on Sean Hannity's show last night, think about this. Let me put some meat on the bone for you for a minute in case you have any doubt that lives will be lost if this is enacted. When it was New York City under the pre-Giuliani era where the attitude in policing was don't lock people up for low-level crimes. I, I've said this a couple of times, but it's worth repeating. This was the attitude. Ask any cop and they'll tell you. Don't lock them up for smoking a joint because then the cop comes off the street and that cop then won't be there to stop the rape or the murder. Forgive me for repeating, but it's important. That was the attitude, which to some people made sense. Yeah, we need a police presence. Forget the little stuff. 
Giuliani came in and said, no, no, you've got it all wrong. Broken windows policing means stop the little stuff because it leads to the big stuff. And you know what? He was right. I've given the turnstile example, a turnstile example, the guy who jumped the turnstiles, the guy who commits the, the robbery on the train. You get him for the turnstile. He doesn't commit the robbery. I'll give you another one. We had a policy. Everyone we stopped, we ran warrants on. So whereas you didn't stop the kid for the joint and the pad, you just let him smoke a joint. You're like, ah, whatever, throw it away, whatever, dude, that's whatever they did. That's not what happened. The Giuliani said, no, you're going to stop him for smoking a joint in the street. I'm not asking you to argue marijuana policy. I'm simply telling you what the policing policy was. Maybe it's a, use the urinating in public one. No one wants someone peeing on their front lawn. When you stopped them, you still let that happen. What'd you do? You ran a warrant. Joseph, I'm telling you in my experience, 90% of the time, mm-hmm. that guy on your front lawn with his mm, hanging out, doing his business there, yeah. had a warrant for something far bigger. Sir, put your hands behind your back. You have an outstanding warrant for a robbery. Whole lot of people who are bad guys found themselves doing jail time for drinking in public and stupid stuff. Broken windows policing worked. And that's why it worked. You want to get away from that? You want to go back to the chaos? Oh, the meat on the bone tie, what I mentioned on Hanny last night. Having lived through that, I was in the 7-5 precinct in East New York, Brooklyn. One of the most dangerous precincts in New York City. Ask any cop who worked there. They even have a show about it on Netflix. They had a bad corruption problem before I got there. It's called the 7-5. Not kidding. Worth your time, by the way. That's where I worked. I was there for almost two years. The place could not have been any more dangerous. A couple years before I got there, that one precinct in New York City, one, out of probably over 100 precincts, PSAs, and transit districts, all NYPD facilities, that one precinct had roughly as many homicides in it as the entire city of Baltimore had just a couple years ago. It was 5.6 square miles. As many people were killed in that one precinct, homicides, as were killed in the city of Baltimore just a couple years ago. The entire city. That's how bad it was before Giuliani came in. You understand what I'm telling you? They went from thousands of homicides in the city to hundreds in just a matter of years. Those lives mattered. And if black lives matter to you, and if all lives matter to you, then you will dial back this outrageous, absurd defund the police movement. All right, I want to get to my next segment. I've been holding it, the truth about policing. I know we've been heavy on this for the last couple of days, but folks, I can't think of a more important issue. I'm very sorry. You're talking about literally creating conditions of chaos in our country. Our fellow citizens could die, be injured, or have their property stolen and looted from if we're allowed to proceed. I've got one last sponsor. It's Tuesday. I always appreciate your attention, but I want to get to debunking some myths being used to propagate this absurd defund the police nonsense. Ladies and gentlemen, today's show also brought to you by friends at We The People. Here's one of their holsters here. Look at that. It's a precision mold. This is not one of those one-size-fits-all garbage holsters that go in the waistband where the firearm falls out. It's uncomfortable. They have those terrible metal clips. They rust. They they uh, rub on that iliac bone. They're horrible. Not We The People. They've solved those problems for you. Uh, they've been flooded with orders, We The People holsters, because record numbers of people are buying uh, firearms and ammunition for the first time. If you're one of them, please be safe and please find a quality holster for that new firearm in a We The People holster. Starting at just $39, We The People holsters are custom designed to fit your firearm perfectly. Look at that. That's not a one-size-fits-all. That's a precision mold. This is for my Glock 43. 
They're made right here in the USA. They have thousands of options to choose from, plus an amazing selection of printed holsters. This is the Constitution holster right here. Their proprietary clip design allows for you to easily adjust the cant and the ride of the holster, which is a simple turn of the screw so you can fit it comfortably and securely, not like those one-size-fits-all garbage holsters. Now's the time to support American companies. Go to wethepeopleholsters.com slash Dan and get yours. Every holster ships free, comes with a lifetime guarantee. You ain't gonna break this thing. Get an additional $10 off using offer code Dan. Satisfaction guaranteed. If it's not a perfect fit, send it back for a total refund. Wethepeopleholsters.com slash Dan. We thepeopleholsters.com slash Dan. Offer code Dan for $10 off. Thank you for your patience. Always appreciate it. Good companies that want to be here and talk to you. So there are unfortunately a series of myths being used, uh, police myths about policing being used to push this defund the police, anti-police agenda, which I'll never accept. I'm not going to do it and you're not going to pressure me into it. I don't care. I've said this repeatedly. I've made more than enough money. I've saved my money. I don't care about your boycott brigade. I don't care about any of it. All I care about is the truth. And I know you're on the other side of it. So we're going to tell the truth here. There's a fascinating article in the Washington Examiner. It's up in yesterday's show notes, but it's in today's too. Please check it out. Again, bongino.com slash newsletter. Subscribe to my newsletter. That is the show notes. I'll send you these articles every day. This is a really terrific one that is sincerely worth your time. It's from the Washington Examiner. It says, Four Inconvenient Facts for Anti-Police Rioters by Jason C. Johnson. Let's go through each one of them because they're all worth your time. Folks, I'd say myth number, before I get to the screen caps from the piece, myth number one, which I think we can all agree is being propagated by the left, is that there's some epidemic of use of force against citizens, specifically unarmed black males in this country. Are there instances, you know, I'm getting tired of having to say this, but again, liberals are only interested in propagating and gaslighting false narratives and attacking anyone who tells the truth. So you have to give the obvious before stating the truth, because if you don't give the obvious, they'll accuse you of leaving facts out, which they do all the time. I'm not going to do that. There are obviously incidences of police use of force against people who are unarmed where the use of force was inappropriate. The period. We get that. And those issues should be handled appropriately, either through administrative action or criminal action against those said officers who have violated their code of conduct and potentially the law. We all get that. Every sane person, at least. But the myth that there is an epidemic of police shootings and use of force against unarmed black men, as if you have this army of occupying armed policemen and women in your your village, your city, your town, your state, hunting people down is factually nonsensical, embarrassingly nonsensical, and there is no data to support that at all. But you've been told that. You had this Minneapolis City Council member, Lisa Bender, yesterday on the clip, suggesting that if your house is being broken into, the police showing up creates a greater danger for you. A a comment so absurd, it's not a head scratcher, it's a head driller. You have to like power drill into your head to to, to clean yourself, to to, to let it vent out of your skull so that it doesn't contaminate the rest of your neurons with that kind of stupidity. That's not true. There is not a mass epidemic of abuse of the use of force against the American citizens, specifically unarmed black men. What does the data actually say? I thought we were interested in science and data. Now, only we are, not the left. Let's go to the article. Worth your time. Here's a fact. Fact one, quote, 
Washington Examiner. Only about 2% of police-citizen interactions result in any use of force or even threat of force. This figure includes even minor uses of force, such as grabbing, pushing, and handcuffing. The overwhelming majority of these types of force result in no injury. Using this very broad definition of force in almost every arrest would result in in a reportable use of force. Folks, think about what that just said. So leftist talking point versus the truth. Leftist talking point. There's a bunch of police stormtroopers running through your neighborhood with batons and firearms, randomly attacking men and women unarmed. It's an epidemic. Ladies and gentlemen, none of that's true. 98% of people have an interaction with the police, do so without any use of force at all. 2% result in a use of force. You may say, well, 2% are getting shot. No, no, that's not what that use of force means. That use of force even encompasses episodes where someone says, I'm not getting handcuffed, and you have to grab them and handcuff them, which in my experience in the 7-5, sadly, was often. Still, even that, maybe that was because my area was pretty high crime. Even that is only 2% of episodes. Please stop lying. There is not an epidemic of police abuse of the use of force rampant throughout the United States. It's just not true. Again, but just keep saying it. It's not going to stop you from lying about it. Second, well, use of force clearly is rampant among, you know, with the left and rampant, storming through the neighborhood, beating the snot out of everyone they come across. It's just not true. They're definitely shooting a bunch of people who are unarmed with no reason. Are they really? Again, what are you basing that on? I'm just asking a simple question. You basing that on data? You basing that on supposition? Or are you basing it on something you know is a lie and you're saying it because you want to leverage your own political advantage? I think we may be onto something there. Let's go to the actual facts about police shootings, engagements with a firearm. Fact two, Washington Examiner. Fatal shootings by police officers are extraordinarily rare. About 0.0004% of police contacts and fatal shootings are declining. Get this straight. Zero, zero, zero. Paul, did I read that right? Zero, zero. Did I get all the zeros? How many zeros? Zero, four. So. Thank you. It was, right? You can see it. Okay. I'm just double checking my math because we do facts here. I thought the left was into that. Tolerance, science, data. Yeah, that's that's us. That's not them. The science based on the data, if you're going to conflate data, it's not always the same thing. But data, the data says 0.0004% of police contacts result in some form of a discharge of a firearm? That seems to conflict. Again, leftist narrative. Police are rampantly shooting unarmed black men. Um, that You're just making that up. Again, in a country of 330 million people with literally millions of police contacts a year, 911 calls, traffic stops, aided cases, emotionally disturbed people, you are always going to have 
some police officers in a population of hundreds of thousands of police officers and federal agents across the United States, you are going to have some who abuse this use of force continuum. We can deal with that. But suggesting it is a rampant shooting gallery and that cops are exiting the roll call with the intent to shoot unarmed black men is so nonsensical, you should be ashamed and embarrassed to look in the mirror and ever repeat it. And no one should ever be out there pressured to lie, to cater to a leftist rage mob, to advance their political agenda and not the truth. It is simply not true. Well, what about race? There's a leftist narrative there that clearly the police are definitely engaging in a higher proportion of use of force against black men. And race is almost always a factor. Again, is race sometimes a factor with some bad actors who may have had some tendencies to do things to people who are a different race? Unfortunately, it is. But what does the data say? Does that matter to you? Well, let's check it out. Fact three. And let me caveat this, as the Washington Examiner does. Jason C. Johnson here. Though better data collection is necessary, let's be clear, multiple studies suggest that race is not a factor in a deadly force decision by police officers. Deadly force decisions, excuse me. What's more, only eight out of 1,000 fatal police shooting incidents in 2019 involved individuals reported as unarmed black people. Keep in mind, the term unarmed does not imply that there was even insufficient legal basis for police to use deadly force. Only that media reports indicated the person was unarmed. Eight. Eight. Should all those cases be evaluated? Of course. If there's evidence of abuse or use of force, should there be penalties? Potentially criminal or administrative, depending on what happened? Of course. Eight people? That is your epidemic of mass police violence? That's your evidence that we should stigmatize, put the scarlet letter on the face of every single police officer around the country. You're basing that based on eight cases in 2019. Eight. All should be looked into. No doubt. Eight cases. You're suggesting all police officers are inherently racist. The whole system's broken. Police officers are hunting black men down and you're basing that on data that says the exact opposite. And we're all supposed to fall in line. Why? Because you said so and kneel before you? Literally in some cases. No, not today. Not tomorrow either. Next week doesn't look good either. Either this next year or the rest of my life. I'll be dead before I kneel before you. I'm not kneeling before anyone. Subjugate yourself before the almighty God, and that is it. I will kneel before no man, and you shouldn't either. I spent time in policing. I'm not patting myself on the back, and please, this is not a self-praise moment. But if I may, quick establish bona fides. I said this to Paula yesterday, and I'll tell it to you. I spent four years with the NYPD and 12 years with the Secret Service. I didn't have one civilian complaint, not one demerit issued in the police academy, not one command discipline. And I was never, ever, ever the subject of any adverse action by the Secret Service ever. Matter of fact, I had multiple cash awards and left with a pretty high promotion score. 
I'm not trying to impress you. You paid me for the job and I was proud to do it. I'm saying that because most of the police officers and agents I was with could tell you the exact same thing. And they find it grossly, disgustingly offensive that you're painting them as racist murderers hunting you down in the street, despite the fact that they work for relatively little money to keep your neighborhood safe. They go home to kids too. Your stereotypical labels of them, if you're engaging in that, calling them racist murderers is disgusting filth and you should be embarrassed. Finally, last one. There's another myth out there that shockingly continues despite absolutely no evidence at all that this was ever true. We keep going back to the Michael Brown Ferguson scenario. Hands up, don't shoot. Ladies and gentlemen, that did not happen. That did not happen. Michael Brown and Ferguson's, his hands were not up and he did not say, hands up, don't shoot. You will still see people saying this again to enrage others for their political advantage, not yours, because they're going to use it to depolice your communities, to put you in danger, not me. Cops in my town ain't going anywhere. It's your town and your city. Fact four from the examiner piece about this very subject. The Department of Justice under President Obama determined that the hands up, don't shoot rallying cry popularized after the shooting death of Mr. Brown was a manufactured narrative. The DOJ report further determined that Brown attempted to disarm the police officer and that the officer acted in reasonable self-defense. Again, don't let that get in the way of your narrative you're using to enrage communities. But that's the truth. And if you want to be on the right side of right, rather than the wrong side of right, then you better wake up to the fact that you are propagating a lie for either your own personal gain or to enrage others for your own political and ideological advantage. And what you're doing is immoral, unethical, and is a stain on our country. That is not true. Stop saying it. It's false. All right, folks, I've got a bolt. I've got a show tomorrow for you. Um, may have some big news tomorrow. I am uh, kind of holding out a bit, but uh, don't miss tomorrow's show. Uh, well, I'm hoping to have an update either tomorrow or Thursday, but uh, I will be here for you despite what you see on TV. It's nothing bad. I promise you, I'm not like dying. I told you I had a health problem. For those of you asking, by the way, I like what happened? I had a stomach ulcer. It was bad. It really hurt. Like it was terrible. So we're good now. I'm all fine. Anyway, you know, I shouldn't have said I had a health problem in the show. I, you were such a great audience. So many of you care deeply about you know, me and the family and Joe and Drew, and I deeply appreciate that, but I shouldn't have like scared anybody. That was wrong. I'm perfectly okay. I promise you. We will definitely be here this week. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Bongino. We really appreciate it. Trying to get to 500,000 subscribers. We are almost there. It's all free, of course, and we really appreciate your support. Thanks a lot, folks. I'll see you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.